So here's the question. How do independent adjusters and appraisers like us, who can't hide behind corporate logos, processes, and profits, who are spending our own money and reputation, how do we work in a way that lets us get work, assignments, deployments, and more income? without wasting time or money in this world of insurance while we stand out in the crowd? That is the question, and this podcast will help guide you to the answers. My name is Chris Stanley, and this is the Independent Adjuster Podcast. Join myself and other independents on the path to non-corporate success in the insurance industry. We are IAs. Hello and welcome to the Independent Adjuster Podcast. I'm your host and your guide, Chris Stanley. Today on the podcast, we're going to be interviewing businessman, adjuster, entrepreneur, and dare I say, adjusterpreneur, Mr. ACD himself, Ernie Bray. Ernie founded what you may know him as, as Auto Claims Direct. Ernie and ACD, his company, have been named to the Inc. 5000 list six years in a row and our leaders in the industry do their streamlined processes with their auto damage claim handling and technology now before we call ernie i have a super exciting and special announcement our very own software autoforms.co that is ipass software you know now not only are we going to be able to fill out your total loss forms we're unleashing a brand new feature We're going to be able to take your assignment sheets, those emails you receive, those PDFs you get from the um, independent appraisal firms, from the insurance companies, and we're going to allow you to upload those and generate and create EMS files for your assignment management system and estimating system. What does that really mean? What it means is no more copying and pasting, right? That standard claim information, copy, paste, copy, paste, owner name, owner location, their address, their phone number, the claim number, all that stuff that's already been input, we're going to be able to take that and input it into your management system or into your estimating software. So all you got to do is upload your assignment sheet and you are ready to go with a new EMS that's generated for you. No more keying in those assignment sheets or your total loss forms, which makes it easier to be an IA. So for being a podcast listener, if you want to check out autoforms.co, that's autoforms.co, you can save 25% off your monthly plan by using our coupon code PODCAST at sign up. You can get a free trial of autoforms at autoforms.co. No more total loss forms having to be filled out manually and no more admin info. We're calling it admin forms. So check it out at autoforms.co. Now it's time to call and to talk with Ernie Bray. This is Ernie with ACD. Hey, Ernie, this is Chris with the Independent Adjuster Podcast. Thanks for agreeing to be on the podcast today. Well, hey, Chris, glad to be on. Awesome, awesome. So, we don't want anyone tuning out because if they don't know who ACD is, they may not know who you are. We don't want them tuning out because I think what you have to share uh, with any current IAs or future IAs that may be listening, I think what you have to say is going to impact them. But why should anyone care? to hear your story, Ernie. Why should they care? 
Well, if you're interested in becoming an IA out there and you want to know where this industry is going and you want to build your business and be successful in this claims industry, then I think by hearing a little bit about what we do, uh, what we see in the industry will be very helpful. And I enjoy, I'm looking forward to telling you the story of ACD and, and where the industry is going. Awesome. So then let's take it back. Let's take it back before ACD because Ernie didn't start at ACD. That may be, you know, decades down the road when people look back at Ernie, it may be something they remember about Ernie. But where did Ernie start? How did you get started as an IA or in this industry? Well, all right. Well, first off, I, I was a basketball player, grew up playing basketball. I played college basketball. I wanted to play in the NBA, but you know, hey, it's not realistic. <laughs> so, uh, I, I, Sports was my focus, but once I graduated from college, I really didn't know what I wanted to do. I was like, you know, uh, had no idea, but I heard about the insurance industry. So I ended up getting a job working at AAA, and then I worked at Progressive, and I got into the world of uh, becoming an adjuster, learning the ropes at the insurance company, and then I got out in the field and become became an appraiser. I mean, if you've seen those Progressive uh, – you know, SUVs driving around. I was doing that back in the ni- late 1990s. So I kind of got my feet wet doing the business of claims, working for insurance carriers. And um, that's how I kind of got in the, uh, the claims industry. And then after a while, I saw a niche. I said, you know what? There needs to be uh, better technology meshed with services that could really um, – really have a great effect in that independent area where I saw there's a niche in the business. Because you have to remember at this time, Chris, this is the era of uh, Polaroids and no, pretty much no computers going on. You were just uh, emailing. Well, you emailed things back and forth, but there was really a lot of just paper-centric processes. So that's what kind of was the genesis. Wow. And by the way, I can totally, I have this visual image of Ernie and your LinkedIn profile image driving a progressive car. And I'm like, yeah, that fits. Yeah, I can see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can totally, <laughs> totally see that. So yeah. that that's amazing because, you know, we, me, I know you, you know, just from my time working at ACD and seeing you on LinkedIn. But, you know, it's important for people to realize that that's not where you started. You had to break into this industry just like everybody else. And then you had an epiphany, a, a vision of what could happen. And so... You know, you've had some success, obviously. ACD is one of the top, if not the top, uh, IA companies out there. Great streamlined processes, known for your technology. So in that success, what is what do you think has been the number one characteristic that has helped you by – how have you been successful as an IA? What's that characteristic that's driven that? Well, I think the, the, the main focus that's built the company – ACD into what it has. Now, ACD itself, it started with an idea. And, you know, over the time now, we've been named by Inc. Magazine as one of the fastest growing companies in America six times. We've been on Deloitte's Technology Fast 500 four times. So we built it into, I mean, a national company, like you said, one of the large, pretty much the largest out there that does uh, tech enabled services. And the, the key to success has been really our focus on the customer experience, customer, you know, customer satisfaction, and really giving that insurance company 
a streamlined workflow, a streamlined process. Because like I said, when we were starting the company, the real big problem that carriers encounter when they deal with IE companies or IEs in general is I myself came from the insurance background. So the insurance carriers expect a certain level of communication and uh, and the way that claim is handled. So we were trained that way, working at AAA and Progressive. But I think a lot of times the IAs, they have a, a tougher experience because they're working for more companies than just the current, you know, the one company when you're a staff appraiser. So I think really the focus on the customer experience has been a key driving force. It's really helped us elevate it. And when you mesh the technology and the whole package that's kind of the, the whole combination. And I would challenge a little bit on what you're saying. I agree with what you're saying. I would challenge that what ACD has done, at least from my experience, has not just been, you know, you have multiple customers as an IA firm. And I think you guys have realized that. And something mm-hmm. you, I feel you guys have done is you've turned the adjuster or the IA, the independent appraiser, into a customer and said, what is their experience as you're closing a file? Because... Closing your guys' files for most of us is easier than closing others. So, how, did you guys? Do you guys? Are you guys conscious of that? Is that something you guys look at and yeah. go, "They're one of our customers too"? Because if they leave, we got nothing. <laughs> I agree, Chris, one hundred percent. See, the thing is, we're big believers and advocates for the IAs out there. We understand that hey, the IAs are the ones who are the people in the field, and when we built our platform, in which we're continually working to improve and streamline the process is that we want the process and we want appraisers to choose to work with our network um, because of the way we design the solution. We want them to be able to manage their workflow, make their life easier and automate a lot of the process because if we can make it easier for the appraiser, they can handle more work. They can make more money. They can make their business successful out there themselves, their own individual business successful because the, the key of the game is if you're processing more claims more efficiently, you can get more work done. And every little thing we can do to build in in to make the process more efficient, that's what we want to do. Awesome. Love that focus. And it really does come through with what you guys have designed. But that's the roses. So what has the greatest challenges as you've climbed, as you've struggled? What has the greatest challenge been for you in this industry? I think the biggest challenge of any business, even if you're starting out as a one-person business, the challenge of any business is obscurity. Any business, not even just the appraisal business. I think any business, obscurity is your biggest challenge because getting your name out there and getting respect, getting people to try you in any company is one of the toughest things. I, I feel that when we started the company, getting insurance carriers to have the trust and giving you a shot because they were used to the standard companies. You know, every, every industry pretty much has a few big name companies in it. Um, and then to break into that and to break uh, that barrier down is tough. So I would say the toughest challenge is when you're going in there and presenting to chief claims officers, vice president of claims, claims managers, like we do. And we can talk about this a little later, what we see in this aspect but when you're sitting down at that table and you're talking about the, the company and what we can provide and the solutions, the technology, the workflow, is getting people to take that chance on you. And that was the toughest thing that, you know, really to break into the business in any business. Yeah. And that's the, that, like you said, it's the same thing the new IAs and current IAs experience every time they want to expand their businesses. 
well, why should I trust you? So it, as you get bigger, it doesn't necessarily get easier. It just shifts who you're talking to, right? Exactly. Uh, I love uh, that. That that doesn't change. That that you know, we look at ACD or we look at these other companies. We say, oh man, they got it, they got it made. Everyone knows them. It's like no, they have to do the same thing we have to do. We have to go out there, put our flag in the ground, and say this is who we are. This is what we can do, and we need to learn as IAs. I think to do what you're saying to present why someone should use you uh, on a smaller level, even as an individual IA. Why should ACD mm-hmm. use me? Why should any of the other competitors use me? Or why should an insurance company work with me? Uh, that that's that's critical, I think, for them to understand. Um, so, um, then what has been rewarding as you've gone through this? You know, been successful, and you you've had the challenges, but you come on the other side of all those challenges. You look back and you go, "Man, that was this was really rewarding." What has that reward been for you? I think for me, the reward is building a very successful company and. Really, when you sit back and look at it, realizing that you're affecting so many people's lives when you're running a business and you're giving other businesses the ability to grow their individual businesses. Because I personally love business in general. I mean, just like I said, we'll take away the whole industry we're in. I enjoy the the process of building a business. And I think anybody, even if you're a small business, mid-sized, whatever it is, if you don't enjoy the process – you're going to have a hard time being successful. You have to enjoy the entire process of building your company, building your business. And I think for me, success for me is being able to build a business that creates basically a whole ecosystem. I mean, we work with you know hundreds and thousands of different independent businesses out there. Uh, we work with insurance carriers. We have the we have the opportunity to affect people's lives, give them business. We actually have the ability to, I mean, think of all these people. I mean, we've processed, Chris, over $3 billion in losses in the history of the company. And think how many people, that's car accidents. People were stressed out. They, they, we helped get these people back on the road or process their claim. When you take a step back and you look at all the different things and how many people you affect and you can turn it into a positive experience, that is success in a way. I mean, you, you're really doing something that you built something from nothing. And that's really exciting to me. That's what I that's what I really enjoy about it. Perfect. And now as we're going to kind of wrap up and we're going to go into our topic here in a minute. But before we wrap up the story side of this and guys, if if you're listening, you need to hang on for the topic. It's going to be amazing. It's about the future of our industry and and how to stay relevant. And we want to get uh, Ernie's perspective on that. But before we jump into that, Ernie, which we're both so excited to just chat about Mm -hmm. that. You know, if you could go back to yourself, back before you walked in uh, to any insurance company's doors, back when you realized, let's say, basketball was not the answer, that wasn't your future, you had to make a shift. If you could go back and tell yourself in that moment one thing about the journey you're about to embark on that would save you a lot of heartache and trouble or give you some piece of knowledge that would that would help you along the way, what would that one thing be? Well, I think the biggest thing I would give anybody advice is because this was in my 20s when I started working, you know, obviously in the insurance business, is not to put so much stress on myself and focus mainly on gaining as much experience and knowledge as you can. Because in this world, 
things are changing fast. The jobs that may exist today may not exist 10 years from now. But it's, it's really, I think, just focusing on gaining as much knowledge, soaking up as much knowledge as you can in every aspect, like in this IA sector. And I myself was the kind of person that did that. It's just really focus on getting as many skills as you can, because that will make you more valuable in the marketplace. Gain knowledge. And then once you have that knowledge, you can learn how to apply in any industry. It's like we keep saying, it's not just you know, the independent appraisal industry. It's exactly. not just the insurance industry. These lessons we learn don't just apply here. So uh, it's applicable in every industry. So now as we talk about that, you know, this is applicable in every industry, I get, I would say 10 emails a month of people asking me, Chris, is this an industry I really should consider getting into? Because I know that computers and photos and everything is eliminating my job. And is it even going to be around in three years? Aren't they just eliminating the IAs out there? And I always respond back just in a simple, no, I think we're actually, we're regaining steam. But I never had any solid reason for saying that other than my gut. Just saying, no, I think we're more mm-hmm. valuable now than we've ever been. But I didn't really know why. When you reached out to me and said you wanted to talk about this topic, I I was like, this is perfect because I want to give some handles to people who are either in the industry or looking to come into this industry about really what's going on behind the scenes. You get it from a different vantage point than I do. So what's going mm-hmm. on in the industry? What do I need to know about what's changing and what's coming? All right. So here's here's how I see it, you know, because like I said, we meet with a lot of the high level people at major insurance companies throughout the country. We're on the road all the time uh, and we're meeting with them. So we see where they're going. Now, if you read a lot of articles when it comes to technology, there's a lot of hype out there. There's a lot of hype. There's talk about the touchless claims process, which is sort of that dream philosophy of where an owner files a claim and they never talk to anybody. And literally they maybe send a picture in and it's instantly looked at by a computer It spits out a number, they get a check in their hand, and they move on. That's the dream philosophy that people talk about. And we all talk about AI and machine learning and and all that, but the reality is AI and machine learning is not as advanced as some would make you believe. At the same time, I love technology. We at ACD, we're starting to look into the AI and machine learning, how we can incorporate into our platform to help streamline the process. But where is the industry going? Well, the reality is this. Claims is a stressful solution. It's a situation where somebody has an accident and they're stressed out. The human factor, I believe, and what we're saying is it's not going to be eliminated. You still have to have people involved in the process. So for the IAs out there, what I see is you're going to start to see a shift away from more of the staff appraiser model to more of an outsourced model to the experts in the field, the individual businesses out there. Many insurance carriers, you've you've seen the news, have downsized some of their staff, but these people who have been downsized have great skills out there. They have the ability now to offer their skills, create their own individual business and become a part of networks out there because the insurance carriers still need that person in, you know, to go out to that customer's house, give that service and that expertise to assess that damage. Now, Photo estimating, I believe that will grow because there's a certain sector or a certain part of the business where there's small claims that really 
don't have, you know, the need for somebody to go out there. They can be handled in-house by maybe a staff person at an insurance company who writes it off a desk or outsourced to a desk estimating company that will do it off of photographs. But what I see more and what we see from the carrier's perspective is that they're more worried about and focused on the process, the flexibility of, hey, if it's a small claim, can we use photo estimating? Okay, now we can outsource for the actual field appraising. And then, of course, every carrier is going to have their DRP or their shop networks of their own. So I see really the IAs fitting in as a potentially growing portion of this business when it comes to the interaction with the customer. So I think there is a lot of great opportunity. So now I'm just trying to play Dadville's advocate and draw some more specifics out of you here. Mm -hmm. So looking at this, you're telling me, you know, there's Snapsheet, there's things like We Go Look, there's all these different services. You know, obviously IAs have been doing it for years where they take photos and and sub out to a writer at home. They just don't tell anybody, you know, you know, they've been doing it for years. Um, Mm -hmm. and, And now that it's gone mainstream, I think you know, we all kind of panic, like, oh, man, my job's about to be eliminated. But you're you're telling me it's going to grow. It's going to grow. But my guess is it's not going to grow in the same way that we expect. It's going to grow in multiple different job mm-hmm. types. Is Am I right in, in what I'm hearing? You're right. Chris, it's, I think you, you, what I think IAs need to be doing is diversifying their offerings. You have to be willing and able to offer photo estimating services. See, as carriers start to grow their photo estimating, they may not be able to handle it all in-house. In fact, companies like us, we handle photo estimating as well. We do it in-house, but we can also have opportunities for IAs to offer their services on writing uh, estimates from photographs. You can be a traditional appraiser as well. You can supplement your income with the photo estimating. You mean you can even get to the point where I mean, I know appraisers who are out and getting their drone licenses right now to be able to do some drone inspections on roofs and homeowners, and they're diversifying their different skills, whether you're going into some homeowners claims. I think the real key is the value of the person in the field is still going to be there. Drones don't just, they're not going to just fly themselves. You still have to have somebody go out there and do it. So building your tools, your skill sets, and diversifying your streams of income are going to be key. And it's not as easy as what it sounds right to diversify because what i always say and you'll you you know you see it in the ia path branding it's all about you know the the superhero this ia because to me an ia wears so many hats you know if if one person ia you're you're the call person you know you're the one the stat doing the statuses you're the one doing the inspections you're writing it up you're qcing yourself you know you're doing all these things it's not like one small facet so then to diversify from that, that can overwhelm people. So if someone's looking like, yeah, I do need to diversify, I see that need, maybe what what do we tell them about you know, how to take some small steps? Because it sounds overwhelming. Diversify your business, and it's like, oh, my gosh. Like I like what you said about doing desk reviews for people. That's a good small start. Don't just do field, do desk reviews. So what are some other things we can kind of throw out there that maybe some ways that we can make some easy small steps for them? Well, I, I think like, it goes back to, like I talked about education too, if you can build different skills and different portions. But if you, when I say diversify, you can think in the niche, you need to have the appraise, knowing how to write appraisals. You could actually even build your skills into heavy trucks. I mean, we're really proponents of, we internally, we train our staff on, we send them to Vail for the heavy truck estimating, learn some of the specialty kind of things. 
you can do, go in your education in these different areas um, can allow you to still do the same job, but diversify uh, in the industry. And I think really you have to remember, and I'll just touch on this too as well, is carriers being that face in the field, you're representing that insurance company with their customer. So that professional interaction is so important. So, I mean, there's different, there's other things you can offer as well. You, you can do scene investigations, you can do photos only. There's a lot of different things. So you just have to keep your options open is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And with, how do I put this? With, um, with that diversification, with, um, with the change that's going on in the industry, I believe um, that the ones who are already in it, the ones who are well established, you know, you've been doing it, mm-hmm. let's say eight plus years, because there's something about the eight year mark when I can just tell a difference in an appraiser. When you hit that eight years, you, you walk a little different, you look at a car a little different, just something about that clicks around that time frame. But let's say you're eight plus years in the industry, and you know, this is what you know how to do. To me, another way that they, those kind of people are really valuable is I think we're going to see a huge growth because of the photo takers, as I call them. You know, the photos mm-hmm. only people that are coming into yep. the industry, they may never climb to that level of an eight-year person. We may see an end of that kind of expertise in a mass scale like we do right now of the appraisers. So those that are there at that level... To me, those are the future supervisors, the managers, the business owners that actually expand into bigger regional companies. You know, mm-hmm. To me, I'm looking at that going, you're more valuable now than you've ever been because there may never be a new wave of you. You know, exactly. the, It was the standard 10 years ago, but right now it's, it, it, the bar keeps dropping because the need is growing. Does, does that resonate with you? Does that seem right to you? It, it does, and I really think um, – when we go back to what I was saying about the fact that, I mean, there, there can be companies that can send people out just to take photographs. I mean, you could, there's people that just train, you know, an Uber driver or DoorDash or somebody that's just doing a gig economy work. Um, they can go out and just take photographs, but there has to be some level of training when you're dealing with the claims process in my belief. And the people who have those years of experience, like you're talking about the eight years plus years experience, it just puts that customer at ease. And I think the tr- I think more importantly, training in this for new people coming into the business is going to be so essential. And the things like you're offering, Chris, and your company there offer is training people to understand that when you're dealing with these ins- these customers, they're expecting a certain level of knowledge. Even if you don't know everything, even if you're learning still in the process, there's a special way you have to be able to talk to a customer, a way that you said a person who has eight years of experience or more or somebody has experience in the industry. They just know how to deal with that customer in that stressful time. And that's what I think is training and learning and knowing how to deal with the customer is going to be so important. So you're right. A lot of these people are going to have some great skills. Absolutely. Well, you you had you got these numbers that you were talking to me about previously from somewhere. You said there's a new report out, and it's showing the uptick in the using the using of IAs. Is yeah. You want to go over there, that? There was a there was a report I saw that came out from CCC. It was in some uh, trends report that they had come out. Uh, it showed that I think off the top of my head, it was like in 2013, uh, about 4.8 percent of the claims out there were done by IAs. Um, in 2017, here now, four years later, it's about 5.8% of the market. So it's grown one percentage point over those years. And that's and that's great. Um, 
so that's 1%. Well, what happened in 2013 to 2017 in photo estimating has pretty much gone from zero to now about 3.9%. So you see photo estimating growing. You see IA had some growth. But what you did see is you saw staff field appraisers, I think, drop from like 47% down to 41%. And the way I see it going, I see a, a future where photo estimating continues to grow. You have field uh, outsourced field appraising continue to grow and you see staff appraising, you know, shrink. And that's where I say the opportunity for, I think the IA market is there. The photo estimating market is there. And like I said, that is where I think people that are entering the IA market have the opportunity to get a good amount of business if they are able to deliver what an insurance company is looking for. And if you want to chat about that, we can as well. The importance of the professionalism out there. That's what carriers are looking for. Yeah, let's touch on that real quick that, you know, what what makes somebody an IA versus a photo taker? I think it's the way we can look at it and kind of chat about it is what's the difference? You know, someone goes and takes photos. Even, even if I was doing a photos only assignment, what is the mm -hmm. expectation level on me versus just someone taking photos in air quotes? I would say, okay, so if, if, you, if I understand what you're asking here is the, first of all, any interaction with a customer has to be at a professional level. I mean, when it comes down to it, when an insurance company is determining, should I just do photo estimating off this and have the owner take their own photographs or do I want to send a person out there? They have to weigh the cost. They say, okay, am I going to be accurate enough to write the estimate in-house and or do I really want to pay to have an IA or a photo estimator or somebody go out there, a photo inspector, and pay that fee for somebody to go out there and when I can just – you know, do okay off of photographs. So how do you make yourself valuable? I don't care whether it's a photo estimator or a regular estimator. You have to be professional from right from the get-go. you got to be able to dress professionally, act professionally, and go out there and be accurate. Now, Chris, when you're talking about what's the difference between a photo estimator, you have to be – you may not know if you're getting into the business all how to write an estimate. If you're just doing photo – you know, photo – of the car, but you have to be detail oriented. You got to be able to take the right photographs from the right angles with the measurements and document all the damage, document the VIN, the mileage, the plate, all these things. So I would say being organized and being very detailed is the most important thing. If you just, if you're just looking to learn how to take photographs and document a claim, number one. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Love that. And, and, you know, we harp on the documentation piece, at IAPATH that there's some simple things people can do from your perspective, from ACD's perspective, if you guys could change one thing that the IA would do different on average, some IAs do it all right. Most IAs don't, but if there was one thing you could change that would eliminate headaches for you guys, what's that one thing an IA could do that would just make the difference? Oh my gosh. Communication. Communication is the number one issue in the whole industry. That's it right there, Chris. If you could, if I could tell every IA that's listening to this show right now, in a perfect world, hey, we know IAs are busy. You got a business out there you're running and you're stressed out maybe. Maybe you feel like you have a lot of workload that you have to handle. But if you can communicate effectively, you will solve 99% of the problems. Because the biggest issue is when a claim comes over, making that initial 24-hour contact, calling that vehicle owner 
and and trying to set the appointment. We understand that many times the appraiser can't get a hold of the owner right away, but at least document and let you know us know or let the adjuster know because that documentation can eliminate phone calls because one lack of communication from an IA in the field can lead to a enormous amount of phone calls, phone calls from adjusters to our own staff, to vehicle owners and vehicle owners calling us and vehicle owners calling adjusters. So communication is the number one thing. Yeah, I don't know if you listened to an interview I did with Amanda Hughes of the Dome Group. Guess what she said? Exactly the same thing. Yep. I think it's a it's a trend that us as IAs, we need to pay attention to that this is they're not asking the world here. Really, we're saying sit down with each file, give it its due diligence. I mean, to place a call, it's more mental space. I think is our is the mm-hmm. challenge as an individual. You sit, you just sit down. Once you know I'm making a call to this person to schedule on this day, it makes sense and it's easy. But the problem is making the brain space in the organization, uh, organizational process to get to that decision to place that call is where people get hung up on. So, guys, listen to what Ernie's saying and status your files. Wake yep. up every day and status them. If it's if it's nothing new, just put in there the same status that there was there before. You know, go make the call and, and, and update that file immediately. And that'll, when you get your phone to quit ringing, you know you're doing your job right. Unless exactly. it's a vehicle owner calling to get you an appointment. If ACD is calling you every day, it's not because they like you yeah. that much. They really like you if they're not calling you. <laughs> that's that's right. the, the best point. So, Ernie, thank you so much for taking your time to be here today. Um, if if IAs want to reach out, if new people want to reach out and, and talk about getting into the industry, maybe what they can do on some entry-level things or, or want to get started with your company if they're experienced IAs, how, what's the best way for them to go about that or get in contact with you? Okay, they can actually go to our website at acdcorp.com, and there's uh, contact information right on that page. They can contact us there, or they can give us a call at 888-403-4223. And uh, and if you're an IA out there and you're currently not in our network and you're looking to grow your business, hey, feel free to reach out. We'd be happy to speak with you. All right, Ernie, thank you so much for being here on the Independent Adjuster Podcast, and You know what? You and ACD, keep walking your path because it is a lot of of headaches you guys are solving for IAs. Uh, The process is way smoother uh, than it is for other companies because you guys have put a focus on all your customers, not just one. And we appreciate that as IAs and I appreciate that as a business owner seeing what you guys are doing. Uh, It's awesome. Well, thanks so much, Chris. It was great to be on on the show. All right, Ernie. Talk to you soon. All right. Okay. Take the next steps on your path to becoming an IA. Visit iapath.com slash steps to get your free guide with the first five steps to becoming an independent adjuster. Visit iapath.com slash steps.